Hey, it's Dave Broadbeck here, your friendly neighborhood statistics professor. So this is a lecture for the 22, winter 22 academic year, our term, um, and it is Psychology 3256, Advanced Univariate Statistics. We used to call this course um, Design and Analysis 1, which is clearly the stupidest course name ever had by any university for a course. So we, we changed it. Uh, so it's advanced university statistics. It's mostly just analysis of variance. Anyway, I'm starting to ramble. I hope you enjoy this. It's an advanced stats course. The chance of you enjoying it is vanishingly small, but I hope it's instructive. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ukrainian chorus Dumka of New York. Okay, so today, our topic is hierarchical analysis of variance. This is a kind of analysis, a kind of design that I, I implore you to never use. Please. It's evil. But it's something I think you should know about, because it might be something you're running into. Um, usually all of our factors are independent variables. You'll hear, me call them, you'll hear me call them factors a lot. It's just another term. It's like how error and residual mean the same thing. Are crossed with each other. In other words, all the levels of A occur with all the levels of B. Things like that. Okay? In fact, it's probably hard for you to conceive of a design where that wouldn't be the case. And I'm not talking about subjects here. They're often nested, right? We just did a quiz, and it had the example of you know, subjects that are within A, B, or subjects that are within B, or within A, or whatever. So we often have subjects that are nested. What about nesting factors? So that's what I'm going to talk about today. And this, I know you can see the, you, those of you who have looked at the, notes in advance and you say, there's six pages of, yeah, it's because this is a weird thing and I want you to get it, so please feel free to, as usual, ask questions. 
So sometimes things are a little bit weird. I've never seen a design like this done on purpose. I say that, you see, right? See, people do these things by mistake because they screw up their design. There's an old buddy of mine, an undergrad, um, who's here behind me, a guy named John. And what John did is he uh, thesis experiment, and then he went to analyze it. And I was in grad school by then, and he was in fourth year, and he sent me an email, and I replied, dude, you have nested factors. And he replied, I don't know what that means. And I replied, did you take three and one? Anyway. So this is an actual design from an actual step. The acquaintance of mine uh, back in grad school did uh, some consulting. And one of the things you can do if you do go to graduate school um, and you're in something like psychology or biology where you do a lot of statistics, um, one of the cool things that you can do, in fact, is pick up extra money by being a statistical consultant. Because people don't know how to do it. And people are willing to pay people. I don't mean at universities, because obviously you're at a university, that's, there's, there, are, there's, there are departments that deal with these things. But if you are just some guy doing a study, or some drug some, some, uh, consortium of hospitals in Toronto doing a study on different drugs, maybe you have to hire someone, and you can charge them $250 an hour. Because they don't know how to do it. And so that's my friend. Yes? Uh, yeah, so maybe I should just wait. <laughs> okay. We're about to explain it. Okay. We have three hospitals. Like I said, this is a real design. This actually happened. Um, and we have six drugs. And these are for, these are pain reduction drugs for people that have uh, that were uh, burn survivors, severe burn survivors, people getting skin grafts. So there were five burn survivors in each group, one to six. There are three hospitals and there are six drugs. You probably want to put hospital in the model just because different hospitals have different staffs. They might have somewhat different ways they run things. Um, the phone's different at different hospitals. All garbage, but it's still you know, different in each place. So it's going to be somewhat different in each place. So we have to consider hospital as a variable because maybe some of the groups report less pain because of the way they're being treated, not because of the treatment. Because the treatment we're interested in is the drugs. And as I said, this actually was a real study. That we and because you might think, well, why wouldn't you just do a three by six, right? So three hospitals, six groups. Because happily, there weren't enough burn survivors, like there weren't enough people with severe burns to do a study like this, where you have all levels of drug and all levels of hospital crossed to each other. So in this case, what you have is you have drugs are nested within hospitals. So drugs one and two are in hospital one, drugs three and four are in hospital two, and drugs five and six are in hospital three. But no, for example, there's no Hospital three and drug two. That just that cell does not exist in this design. Ideally, that's what you would want. At least 
as I said, it's a happy problem if there weren't enough people that were severely burned to be participants in this study. So things, like I said, it's a bit different than what we're used to because we have hospitals as a factor. And then we have three degrees of freedom here. Or sorry, two degrees of freedom, three hospitals. And we have drugs within hospital, which has D minus one, which is, you're gonna say, wait, Dave, there's six drugs. Yeah, but within each hospital, there are two drugs. So two minus one is one times three, so it's three degrees of freedom. And it's subjects within drugs by hospital. It's not subjects within drugs within hospital. That's just not the notation. I like to think of it this way. This, when you have a design like that, the subjects can look up and see what levels they're in, but they can't see anything else over here and over here. So they don't know that. They just know, I'm in this hospital, with this or this drug this hospital. I don't know what these guys over here do. So there were five, yeah, five uh, participants in each group, five subjects. So that's n minus one, so that's four times two times three. And we test both hospitals and drugs within hospital using this error term, subjects within drugs by hospital. And if you threw this design in SPSS and specified the model, which you can do, um, you don't have to specify the model so much, you just specify the sources of variation. So you would have hospitals, drugs within hospitals, subjects by drugs by hospital, drugs by hospital. It would do the correct. Is that helping you, Jared? You still have a question. Oh, yeah. 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 Of course, like, so yeah, this is something, and as I said, uh, this is real thing, and my, my friend here, uh, Todd, who was my TA in my staff class, actually, when I was in grad school, uh, he said, he told people, you, this is how you analyze this. And they didn't, of course, understand anything. They just wanted to know if the drugs were different. The first thing he actually said was, can you just do all the drugs and all the hospitals, so can you collect more data? They said, no, we've spent all the money and there are no more burn survivors. And he said, oh, okay, that makes sense. You haven't, well, then, you know, you haven't spent all the money, have you? Because I'm costing $250 an hour. So this is a case where this is not an ideal design. This is, in fact, the worst design in the world. <laughs> it's almost, oh, it's not the worst. The very worst thing would be if we just had some empty ones to put in. But this is pretty bad. We don't care about the hospital effect. It's, it's not interesting to us. Hospitals probably are different. It probably is an effect. That's not what we really care about. We care about drugs in the hospital. But take a look at this. Oh, so when, if I find that the drugs are different, what I'm actually saying is within each hospital drugs are different. Oh. 
difference. I didn't say the drugs are different. I said drugs in the hospitals are different. You then can look at the data, make some conclusions. There's other sort of post hoc tests you can do. But all this is telling you is that drug hospital or drugs within each hospital are different. Two drugs within three of the hospitals are different. Uh, sorry, within at least one of the three hospitals. Is there, is it essentially just like the only situation in which you might use this is where you just can't get enough data to do a better design? It's one of the places. The only other time I've used something like this, but I do it on purpose. And that's what I looked at. Uh, I can just pull this up for a sec. Yeah, I can just draw here. I had an experiment where I uh, I had uh, two groups. Uh, we'll just call them group one and group two. I don't want to get too complicated. And then the two groups had various trials. Okay, they, they were run. You were groups of birds, and they were right every day. So we have. Trial one, trial two, trial three, trial four, trial five. And we're going to call that, I called it block one. It's not a randomized block design, it's just block one. Trial six, trial seven, trial eight, trial nine, trial ten. That's block two. So something like this, and I was looking at learning between two. So well, actually, yeah, group one had, so these are two different, this is, uh, we'll call this A1 and A2. So this is, uh, let's just call it A1 and A2. A1 was uh, repeating stimuli and A2 was, was unique stimuli each day. This is my master's thesis. And in this case, I wanted to see if, if I binned these trials, these five trials into one block. So instead of having a learning curve that looked like this, I can draw something that looked like this, because it was averaged out. So in this case, trials are nested within block. Okay. So it was just a way for me to do the analysis and see if there's a block effect, because I want to see if there's a block effect. Each trial, of course each trial is going to be different. It's every single day. Yeah. So just to make your data make sense when you put it on. Yeah, yeah, and in fact, frankly, most people don't do it like this. They just take the blocks and they ignore the trials. And I, I, I was, when I was doing my analysis, I thought I should probably just do trials individually because that sucks more variance out. And the more variance I can explain, the better. I mean, that's just always the way you should think about it. So yeah, in that case, I did it that way. And I think, yeah, that's, uh, if you want to look up the paper, that's brought back. Rocket shuttle work from 1992. So that's not the only time you do it. Like, I mean, I've done it on purpose, but in that case, it's it's not that I care too much about the, about the trial difference. In this case, here we actually care about the drugs in their hospitals. We care about. The idea that different that animals each day are different is not an exciting thing. <laughs> the, the fact that they would improve over vastly over time, as I did. Okay. By the way, those were learning curves. And when anybody says something has a steep learning curve, that actually means it's easy. Think about this for a second. If we're measuring learning, 
We're quantifying learning. On the y-axis, we have learning. On the x-axis, we have trials. If you learn from 0 to 100% in one trial, that's a very steep curve. That means it was easy. That's got a really steep learning curve. You mean it's easy? A very gradual learning curve actually means it's really hard. Just because the thing looks like it will be hard to climb, because you imagine climbing a graph. Sorry, this is something that bothers experimental psychologists. And somehow the words, words of sneak learning curve have entered the general lexicon, meaning something's hard, but actually needs it's easy. I'm sorry. The next time I get looked at like a crazy person, when I say there's a long learning curve, that's long would be okay, sure. It's uh, I believe you. Yeah, please give me, give me. You don't even have to give me mental credit. You can have, you can just say this guy said he knows what he's talking. I literally met a friend that way, complaining that he said steep learning curve on a podcast. I emailed him. I said, "Yeah, you're wrong on that." That was in 2006. Like, what? The world is weird. Let's do another example. Okay, n equals 3. I just, again, I picked the number of subjects here. Unlike the Grove Hospital, which is a real study, uh, this is just. Oh, that was nice. So here we have what? We got, uh, we got ABCs. We have three factors. Ooh. Let's put this over here. And. Now we have nesting and a within subject variable. Just to make it a little more complicated. Remember in Yates' order, and how to do this, between subjects within, and the final piece of Yates' order is you do the top of the hierarchy first, and then the thing below. So that's what we had hospitals, drugs, and hospitals. Okay. So what do we have here? What are our between subjects factors? Let's see. Well, not everybody gets every level of A, right? Because some subjects here get A1 and some get A2. What about B? B is also between. Yep. Uh, but B is nested within A, isn't it? See that? Because different levels of B occur with different levels of A. B1 and 2 are within A1, and B3 and 4 are within A2. C, however, is a within subject factor, isn't it? Because everybody gets every level of C. Everybody gets every level of C. OK. So between subjects again, our between subjects factors are A and B. We're going to have A listed first because it's the top of the hierarchy. And then we're going to say B within A. And then we're going to go from there. And that's what I have written here. Look. We got A, B within A. Let's not worry about what we're testing with what yet. And in fact, it's always just the thing below it with subjects. That doesn't change. Subjects are within A, B combinations. We can't interact any of these and also C, and then we go C by A, C by B within A, C by S within AB, done. We had three subjects per group, eight cells. So we have eight times three, 24 observations. So we have 23 degrees of freedom. Let's do the degrees of freedom and see if they add up. 
Well, we have two levels of A. So A minus 1 is 1. B within A has B minus 1. There are, within each level of A, there are two levels of B. So 2 minus 1 is 1 times 2. There's two levels of A. So that's going to be 2. N minus 1, so that was 3 minus 1 is 2, times 2 levels of A, right? 2 times 2 is 4, times 2 levels of B, there are 2 levels of B in each level of A. That's going to be 8. And then 1, 1, 2, 8. You add them up, 1 and 2 is 3, and 8 is 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 8 is 23. We did it right. And then, like I said, when you think about what the test was what, and you go to do the mean square, square divided by what of the mean square, that rule doesn't change. You just say we test mean square A by mean square for S within AD. Mean square for B within A by mean square for S within AD, etc. Okay? Questions on that one? You should be able to go the other way, which we just did on the quiz. So let's take a look at this. This one doesn't, and you can first thing you can see with this one is it actually doesn't have any nesting. But we go between, between subjects within. That immediately should tell you that B's are between and A's are within. How many levels of B do we have? That's right. How many levels of A do we have? Three. Now, here's the question. Is, are A and B crossed with each other? Well, in other words, all levels of A occur with all levels of B, and you can actually see that there's a term here called A by B, so yes. There's no nesting to worry about, so we can just pull that up. There's a little eraser here. Never tire of that joke. Let's just do this. <laughs> yeah, I erased that. I'm going to go over here and do it. That's great. So we got two levels. So we have, th we have three of B and three of A. So B1, B2, B3, B1, B2, B3. Okay, subjects are within B. That means different subjects get different levels of B. So group one, group one, group one, group two. And then group three, group three, group three. Almost done. Finally, how many subjects are there per group? Well, there's a couple ways to figure this out. We have 35 degrees of freedom. So we have big N equals 36. We have nine cells. Nine times four is 36. N equals four. You do that, you have 10 marks on the final exam. Of the, the final work is what, at, at 80, so like twice the size of the last test. And there's going to be, I think, I think there's three or four of these. Probably, probably closer. I haven't made it all up yet. I changed a little bit of it. Not a lot, because I know it's a really good measuring instrument. 
Um, yeah. So practice these things. Remember, using its order, we can figure out any design and its error terms. So the, using this heuristic, this, this, this way of just, it's actually more of an algorithm than you think about. Um, you should be able to solve these things really pretty easily. And the nice thing is, once you've done it, once you've done it, and let's say you're doing it on the final exam. You have two hours to the final exam, you'll be done get those questions done, do the other stuff, and come back to them and do it backwards. So let's say it's, say it's produced a design from the table like we just did there. If that's the case, just go backwards. You produce the table, try to get the design back. Or get the table, or whatever. Right? I have a little problem here. And it's a problem I'm just going to sort of leave hanging there because it's there's not a lot I can do about it. But are hostels a fixed factor or a random factor? Jeez. I think they're a random factor. They're kind of like subjects. Like we didn't the hospital the idea that different hospitals would be different shouldn't surprise us and we wouldn't care, kind of like subjects. We also, while well, we didn't choose the hospitals randomly, it's just three hospitals that were able to be in the study. We want to generalize to every hospital. That sounds like a random factor. Like it sounds like it fits the bill of random factor. Uh, the nice thing in that design, by the way, is if it's a random factor or a fixed factor, I think the error terms okay. But when these things get complicated, Figuring out error terms is, gets complicated, basically. So when you start having fixed and random factors, other than the subject factor, it changes what you test with why and things just get complicated. So I would avoid these designs like, well, like COVID-19. Like the plague we're literally going through right now. First thing I have this slide, there wasn't a plague. Well, Avoid these the way you avoid COVID-19. Wear a mask around these designs at all times. Seriously, I just don't. Except under the specific thing, like I said, when I used trials within blocks, uh, my kid did that too on her, her, her master's thesis as well. I mean, she had learning curves, and yeah, just to look at blocks of bins of trials. Because I think she had like 3,000 trials in these different birds doing things. Because my kid also works on bird cognition because she's gone into the family business. Her work is so much cooler than anything I've ever done. Why do you like how birds use the Earth's magnetic field to migrate? Is a lot cooler than how the chimneys find food based on Just saying. I'm not saying my stuff wasn't cool. I'm saying her stuff's super cool. She's coming to visit tomorrow, and, and I was hoping that it's too bad because I don't behave your classes down to student presentations because it would be here's our guest lecturer, my daughter. Take it away, honey. But no. Anyway, so she used it as well, the same thing though with the blocks, trials and block. But something like these last two designs of this, this 
just like you take. Yeah, I wouldn't do They're just, they're not good. Because think about this. When I find that drugs in the hospital, which is when this guy was taught, when he found this, he uh, reported back to them and he said, yeah, the drugs are different than the hospital. And they said, well, you mean the drugs are different? Nah, not exactly. I mean, I mean, within at least one of the hospitals, two of the drugs are different. Okay, do you know which hospital? Well, not really. And technically, it's not only within a hospital, it's within two, it could be within two different hospitals, two drugs are different. And then you could say, could you do collect more data? And they said, we're paying you $250 an hour for this? And he's like, I'm not going to lie to you. So that's just the thing. Questions about these kind of designs? Ladies and gentlemen, the Ukrainian chorus Dumka of New York. podcast is released under a Creative Commons copyright share like 2.5 Canada. Uh, feel free to redistribute the information as you see fit, but please don't make any money out of it. And if you do, you got to tell me because I'm reserving that right. Giving up all the other ones, including uh, mash it up any way you want, okay? Um, also, of course, give me attribution. If you want to get a hold of me, my email address is dave.broadbeck, B-R-O-D-B-E-C-K, at algomau.ca. My website is people.auc.ca slash broadbeck slash blog. Uh, most of the music, uh, all the music's Podsafe, and most of it comes from GarageBand.com or the Podsafe Music Network. See you next time.